Welcome to Bowman's Friends, a podcast created to connect and inform UK students of issues, events, and cool stuff on campus in the Lexington area. Bowman's Friends is a podcast hosted by UK students for the UK community. Our goal is to amplify students' voices through advocating for equity, inclusion, and representation of all. The University of Kentucky is home to one of the most unique buildings in all of colleges around the country. In partnership with CMTA Technology Solutions, the university brought to us in 2020 the eSports Lounge. It is 4,500 square feet and costs the university of around $1 million to complete. The university was tasked to develop a cutting-edge, state-of-the-art space to accommodate for the evolving esports industry. Using a student-first approach, the lounge was constructed including a 100-seat esports theater to watch competitions, two team rooms to practice and warm up for the competitions, as well as a 50-station gaming lounge that also has three console stations to keep up with the latest gaming experience. If that was a lot of information in a short amount of time, don't worry, because I am joined by Eric Jarvis, Cornerstone and Esports lead, and Mimbake Kekia, a student at the University of Kentucky. They have joined me today to discuss the Esports Lounge and tell us what it is all about. Thank you all for joining me today, and welcome to Bowman's Friends. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Getting straight to it, how about we start off with a little information about you guys. Whoever wants to start off, just tell me uh, your name, occupation, or major, and a little fun fact about you and what your favorite video game is. So I'm Mbake Kekia, and I'm a junior at UK. I'm also, I also work at the University of Kentucky Chandler Hospital Food Service Department. And fun fact about me, I've broken damn near every limp I have. How how so? Just different so like different things. Oh, that oh. doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Every limb from my arms, my legs, my ankle. How did these happen? Well, I was a wild kid back in Cameroon. Oh, okay. Like cliff jumping, skateboarding, and all that stuff. So all different types of accidents. I understand. And for you? Yeah. Hi, my name's Eric Jarvis. I'm the uh, the esports lead over at, uh, at the Cornerstone Building in the esports lounge. Um, See, so yeah, I've actually had a a 20-year IT career uh, over, uh, I guess, 15 of it at the University of Kentucky, or close to 15 of it nice. at the University of Kentucky. Oh, you didn't say your favorite game? Oh, my okay. favorite game really? is FIFA. I play a lot of FIFA. I mean, I knew that. I didn't <laughs> want you to, I didn't want to say that. I'm right there with you. Yeah, FIFA's my favorite game as I well. I play a lot of FIFA, like, damn near every single day, FIFA. Ultimate Once in a while, I double, I double in Fortnite or GTA, but it's mostly FIFA. Yeah. You play Ultimate Team? Mm. You play Ultimate Team? Nah, I, I just use the regular okay. team. Nice. I most of the time play online nice. with random opponents. Uh-huh. Nice, nice. FIFA's my favorite game too, so I play it just about every day as well. Yeah. And what was your favorite game? My favorite game right now is Hades. Like, I've been grinding on that game for... I've never heard about that. Oh my gosh, Same. it's so addictive. What, it's, how's it, what's it like? It's a, it's a roguelike uh, so you're kind of like a dungeon crawler game, mm-hmm. but it, it uses like uh, the Greek mythology as kind of the, the so story. So like the God of War nice. type thing. Very yeah, yeah, it's very very similar to that. Is it very is it animated like yeah. a Fortnite type thing, or is it like a no, it's, a Call of Duty type? Nah, it's not even first person. It's third person. So it's it's like kind of like a static um, camera mm-hmm. view. Uh, so you're always following the character around, but it's just it you fall into it and mm-hmm. you can play it for hours and right. be like, oh my god, I've 
I've ignored so much. <laughs> I've ignored family and yeah. responsibilities. So it's uh, it, it's it's one that I have to be careful for. But yeah, uh, I think we all fun. fall into that sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. So to get us into our questions, Eric, I'm gonna start with you. Sure. Playing video games is a worldwide hobby, mainly played in the age group of 18 to 34 year olds, which is the population of the university mainly. So why do you think it was important for the university to build this building and to give students and staff this opportunity to just go and hang out and play games and relax? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, there's so many ways to answer that question. <laughs> I, I, I guess the easiest thing or easiest way to answer it is just um, is in the sense that it, it really does align that, that building and making the investment in, into the Cornerstone building and having an eSports lounge really is in alignment with what the university is trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, th the next question you should probably ask is, well, what is the university trying <laughs> yeah, to do, right? What is the inter yeah, university what are they trying, trying to do? To do? Um, and that's, uh, that actually, w when you start seeing what happens, I, I could not answer that question <laughs> for myself. And right. I was like brought in to like run the place, right? right? Uh, but the funny thing is, is like the longer I'm there, you see what it does. Mm -hmm. Like I, I could not have told you this. And if someone had told me what the answer was prior to this, I probably wouldn't have believed them or agreed with them. Right. Uh, but what you see is that just from the activity that kind of takes place in the cornerstone, you see how it like dynamically and from a very grassroots perspective, how it supports what the university does. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is it, builds community right. as a foundation right like like at the very core of it mm -hmm. it gives people who you know traditionally have a hard time interacting with other people or maybe just like you know don't really know how their interests align with other people's interests mm -hmm. right video games like you said it's it's kind of ubiquitous i'm 41 right. and i'm grinding on games <laughs> a lot right? right uh but it's not all i do right. and uh you know i have varied interests just like everybody else but it's nice to have that kind of um, that foundation to mm -hmm. be able to have a conversation with somebody right. or sit next to somebody and see that they're playing the same game as you. Right. And you're like, oh man, you're so much farther along. Like, how yeah. did you do that, right? Um, just that as a core, I think is, is why the university built it. Because when you have a community, like it affects so much about your success, mm -hmm. right? Like when, when I feel that, that I'm supported by other individuals, uh, when I have, you know, both people that care about me or people I care about, mm -hmm. it, it makes me more invested in the, in the place that I'm in, right. uh, and the education that I'm in too. How have you, um, seen it grown? Like from when it first opened up to what you see coming in the doors now? Oh man. So we, <laughs> we, we opened the doors in, November of 2020, mm -hmm. which I don't know if you recall. COVID days. It was it was uh, a little quiet on yeah. campus during yeah. that time. We can go with that. Yeah, well, let's go. <laughs> let's go with that. Um, but no, I mean, all of us were trying to figure out how you know. A, I was I was suspect that uh, something like esports would work on a university campus, mm -hmm. probably as much as anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know who. Who's going to come to this? You know, why will they will they see the value that I could potentially see in it? Uh, do I need to start figuring out other ways to make this place useful? Like, we were trying to answer all these questions. Um, in many ways, it, it 
we spent the days during in COVID trying to figure out what we had, mm -hmm. right? So, so not only just like the technology, but like as a program, as a, as a value to the student population, to the, heck, the, the university itself, like how are we valuable? Mm -hmm. How can it be useful? Um, so in some ways we got very lucky because mm -hmm. COVID gave us some quiet time to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Now we had people that were interested that would walk by or they'd be in the space for something else and they'd peek in and be like, what is this? You know, like you said, there's 50, you know, gaming PCs, right, right, you know, right. you got a you know, <laughs> PS4 and PS5 and Xboxes and stuff like that. It, it, it gets some attention, right? Right, for sure. Um, but just the, the biggest thing for us was trying to figure out how this thing could be more than uh, a place to sit down and play video games mm -hmm. and, and waste, waste time, right? Mm -hmm. um, the question of how it's valuable to the university is like always in my mind. And yeah. it's, it's one that I have, I not only have to keep answer answering, but re-answering um, because I start seeing mainly through, you know, individuals like Mbake over here coming into the space and using the space. Mm -hmm. I see it's like, Oh my gosh, we've missed this, this entire realm of opportunity. Mm -hmm. right here just and, and again it grows dynamically it grows organically so what you see what you see now is that what you all envisioned back when you first opened i would say i didn't even have the the vision at the at the onset mm -hmm. it took it took coming out of covid really you know spring of 2021 to start when people were really starting to utilize the space now the the esports club had been you know, uh, coming in and, and using some the space mm -hmm. uh, very sporadically and sparsely, obviously for, for all the reasons we talked about before. Uh, so we got kind of an, an idea of how that could be useful uh, from the competitive side, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I don't think an esports program can survive through the competition right. alone. Right. Um, there's, it's just too narrow a, a niche to to be able to uh, support something right. like like you said, a million dollar an building. Aspect it's an what, aspect of what you all do. Yeah, but it's uh, it's an important part. This is the other thing. Like, it's not that it isn't important to have that. Right. In fact, I'd I'd say you need it mm -hmm. uh, to be kind of the the tip of your spear. Right. But you know, tips of spears can be broken. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you need the For broader sure. swath there to, sure. to to carry the weight. For sure. And that leads into the first question for you, Mbake. Being a student that frequently. Um, goes to the lounge and spends time in there. What brings you back each time and what do you think the lounge does well for people to, to want them to come in and play? Well, one thing that brings me back, like Eric said, is the sense of like community, having a family. Like when I first went there, I was like, how the system is gonna work? Are they gonna like me? Like do the people, what's their like attitude? Mm -hmm. How are they gonna react to me? Like I'm a, huge video game player. I love video games. It even got to the point where it became a problem between me and my dad at home <laughs> playing video games. So I think people can relate yes, to that. So like the sense of community, the hospitality and the different varieties of games that they have, like Fortnite, GTA, FIFA, like play a lot, Rocket World. So the different variety, it brings so many, it has like this sense of diversity. Mm -hmm. Like it creates a community where everyone feels at home. So that's what like keeps me coming over and over. So you feel it's a different feeling towards video games than at home, you would say? Yeah. You have people that you can like talk you to. You can make about. new friends, mm -hmm. 
mean different people learn from different people teach different people a lot have of you people. have you met a lot of people that just go into the lounge recently? oh yeah nice i met people who have been there i've met people who have come and gone i've stayed with like there was a guy named elias mm -hmm. he taught me how to play pokemon i never knew anything about pokemon nice. he taught me how to play pokemon he even introduced me to the pokemon tgc game online and I'm so addicted to it. Every <laughs> night I spend from like when I left work or school, mm -hmm. I actually play. I've, I can say I've bought every single card deck <laughs> in the game. Do you play? Uh, how do you? What do you play on? On my uh, on okay. my iPad. Nice, nice. So um, Eric, when I know the vision may you say may not have been there at the beginning, but uh, the sense of community just keeps coming back into this conversation i just feel like that's maybe if there wasn't a vision that had to be on your all's mind well for and, sure and uh, let me let me correct you there i'm sure there was plenty of vision in fact if if you asked the the individuals that were probably putting this this whole program together i would guarantee you each one of them would mm -hmm. have a different vision for, for sure how this is going to be valuable to the university it's just that in many ways like unless you're in it Right, unless you're you're seeing it, it you only have that one kind of facet to, to see about how it can be useful. Um, we've been very lucky because we've got a great team that that kind of approaches video games more as a, like a technology, right? Mm -hmm. Like like really as like as a as diverse a technology as like three D printing or artificial intelligence, whatever it is. Like if you if you look at it from that kind of perspective of like what can the technology do for you, mm -hmm. right? How can it be useful? Right. Um, from that perspective, we've been, we've been really successful. And then uh, we're kind of part of this umbrella called Smart Campus, right? Mm -hmm. Something that you're actually yep. a part of, <laughs> yes. uh, uh, right? Um, but really the, the overarching vision and goal of that is to see how students, when, when, you, when the university supports students through these kind of like cutting edge technologies and, you know, it, it's again it's weird to think of video games as a technology right. that we're interacting with right. but it very much is Most right definitely. um definitely. and how we use that uh to our benefit um also you know it and, and Baki was speaking to it and i think i was speaking to it too it's a technology that can also be dangerous too right, right. dangerous in the sense that you can get lost in it right. right so if you don't have kind of some some direction some sort of uh, again i think this is why the community element is so important mm -hmm. is because the community helps to direct you through the technology right right like that that's a big thing right mm -hmm. like when i have people that that support me and and it gives us a reason to use the technology that isn't um that doesn't seem to to waste my time but to actually it, it makes good use of my time right, right. i have stronger connections to people through through the use of that, as opposed to just sitting in my dorm room, you know, whiling away the hours, and then oh crap, I didn't study for that test. Right? right. Oh great. Now, you know, in, in some sense, the esports lounge gives people that kind of this this supplement mm -hmm. to to a very powerful technology yeah. to be more useful for them. So, shifting gears to like the the actual nuances of of the lounge let's say a, a student wants to play video games but doesn't know what the lounge is about or doesn't know how to get started 
What do students and staff members need to do in order to play games and spend time at the lounge? And do they need to bring their own games and console? Yeah, so we've, we've actually approached this from about as many angles as we can, mm -hmm. all right? Um, again, in, in many ways, we don't know how, and, and we don't want to tell people how mm -hmm. to, to direct them to how they, how they can to play. use something, how they can play, exactly. Right. So uh, just to start, one of the, the early things for us was to be like, well, let's try not to make anything like, like the price of this thing be an, you know, something that holds you back from, from mm -hmm. good use of it. So while we originally started with like, you know, like an play by the hour type of, you know, pay to play role for that, one of the, the things that we started off with was to just let the consoles always be free, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a, right now we have a PS5, we have a Xbox Series X, we have a PS4 and Xbox, uh, Xbox One, and then three Nintendo Switches. Uh, they're always available free to play all the time, right? By, mm -hmm. by students and community members alike. So that, that to just kind of like say, hey, even if you're just kind of checking this thing out, let that be, let, let that be an open door. The PCs, we, you know, we know we wanted to kind of uh, build some structure for it, build some responsibility around it. Uh, so we still wanted to keep some sort of like pay element in it. Again, more to, for accountability than right. to like make a profit in right. any sense. But the uh, creating a subscription service that was, you know, pretty affordable, I think it's seven ninety nine. Mm -hmm for students right now. We're yeah. about to open that up to the community as well. Um, again, this is, you know, we built this for the students, but nothing like this exists right. in Kentucky. <laughs> Other people want to participate with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like we've had so much interest from like, you know, Fayette County Public Schools and just other school systems in the area uh, to kind of use and utilize this. We have the Kentucky High School Esports Association, or excuse me, Kentucky High School Athletics Association. They, they have their esports championship out of the space yeah, twice a year. Yeah, I was going to ask. I thought I saw something about high schools yeah. coming and using the space. Well, and again, it's just like, you know, the university makes these investments and we often think very kind of like narrowly minded it's just for the university's use mm -hmm. the university invests these things for the state right? right like it's getting state dollars to invest back into the state right. and again i think using the technology be it for video games or providing ipads to students through the ipad initiative or or you know bowman's friends right yep. like this is this is for uh good use of, of those dollars and good use of that investment. So what does the subscription get for students or Yeah, so for right, right now it's just unlimited hours on the, on the gaming PCs, nice. right? So we, uh, we're starting to, as, as we start going more into the community side of this, we want to build more value in that, right? So um, we're, we're looking into things like building esports leagues, uh, having esports tournaments where the subscription actually gives gets you access to those tournaments and those leagues, mm -hmm. and then we'll probably do some other things that you know some you know, giveaways and just perks of, right. of being a subscriber. Right. In, in many ways, we we don't know how we can mm -hmm. make this more valuable. We know it's it's kind of valuable by itself, right. but uh, it's nice to see some some nuance and some additional uh, value for that being right. tacked on. So, Mbake, the um with it being some some elements free to use and just being able to know that you're not going in there and spending $60 to go play video games, is that something that attracted you 
and if it was if it was something that you had to go pay for every single time you walked in the doors is that something that would keep you away f- from going in there well i'm the top person either way pay play free play i play video games <laughs> a lot so um so be- you'd be, be in be- there regardless be- yeah before even like he said i have this subscription even though i don't like necessarily use the computer i'm, mo- I'm mostly on the ps5 but i do have the subscription mm-hmm. so like whenever maybe they consults are occupied i can hop on the pc i just have it to like that security that or oh, whenever i come here i can hop on the pc even if the um consults are occupied maybe they're having a tournament or a league or something i can just jump on a random pc and i mm-hmm. can see and 90 percent of what i come there to do is video games but sometimes i come there to like do other stuff like use the technology for school work mm-hmm. like Maybe like my com- my lap my laptop I had a problem. I send it for it to get fixed, and I need to do something urgent. I can come there, hop on the computer, work on some of my schoolwork, do my assignment, and I'm out. So, so there's more benefits to you than just playing video games. Yeah, that's good. For me, I feel like most students either don't know about the lounge or don't really know exactly what it is, or maybe they haven't even heard of it. Why do you think? Why do you think that's the case? Primarily to me, most people who haven't heard about the lounge is either they're like school oriented, like they come to school, do their school work and leave. Mm-hmm. So, and with that, they think the gaming lounge, when they hear the word esports lounge or g- video game lounge, they think it's just for video games. So right. they're like, oh, it's going to be a distraction to me. So I'm just going to come to school and go. Or they might be like, like me, have a part time job and when they leave school and they go directly. In my case, I've kind of like walked into, mm-hmm. find a way into the system where I work just Fridays and Saturdays. Mondays to Thursdays, I go to school. Fridays and Saturdays, I work then. Sundays or maybe once in a, like within the week when I don't have class, I can hop there, relax, have some school. But most often than not, people who like either school oriented or have like a part-time job and other stuff. I think that's the main reason why they don't know about the lounge. Yeah, I kind of fall or fell into that too, where it was I was going to class and then I wasn't really doing anything afterwards, and just kind of fell into that cycle of just doing that all the time. So, what do you? What would you tell someone that's looking into it? What would be your selling point for the lounge to some? You see somebody walking across, walking in the sidewalk of around Cornerstone. What are you going to tell them to bring them inside? Well. First off, the first thing I'll, in my opinion, the first thing I'll be like, if you want a free iPad, go to Sport Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the, like, I mean, when I came to the U, um, to University of Kentucky, that, that was even the thing that sold me because I didn't know they, they gave students iPad. My mm-hmm. first semester, I, I think I got my iPad my second semester when I had spoken to my one of my friends, he's the one who even told me about the place, but he told me like in a makeshift way. He was like, Oh, after one of my colleagues was like, After work, I might just go and hang at the esports lounge and play a little bit of video games. I'm like, Esports lounge, what's that? Right? But he didn't really say much. Then, when I went and spoke with my academic advisor, since I'm in the communications, mm-hmm. media communications, we we're talking about taking a class in video game psychology, and he was like, Oh, yeah, check out the Esports lounge. He sent me an email with every step by step directions to get to the place, and he was like, 
you can get a free iPad. Then I was like, free iPad? <laughs> so you had to take that opportunity. Yeah. So that, that I think that would be the best selling point to just tell them, come get an iPad. <laughs> like for to attract students. I would attract me as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. The smart, the smart <laughs> campus initiative to, again, to marry all these technologies back into the student experience is it's pretty wild. Like mm -hmm. whoever thought of this, I, I, sure there's a host of individuals at this university that that was you know responsible for that um but you know smart campus provides an ipad uh you know smart keyboard uh, and an apple pencil to every incoming freshman student mm -hmm. and we have done that now for four years uh so yeah, i think i think my freshman class was the first one to get one yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's over 20,000 iPads that we've given away, right? I think Which that's is pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's very wild, but I think it's very important too. And I think that more universities should look into doing it because m not everybody comes from great backgrounds where they can afford these expensive think, laptops. Um, I don't know, but I think they told me that once you're done with your four-year program, you get to keep it right. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you graduate with your iPad. So right, and spending three hundred, four hundred dollars to get one of these, the, just come get your free. The one. neatest thing is just how. <laughs> granted, it's it's a sizable investment from the university standpoint, right. but it level sets something that has always been a challenge for for universities across the nation. Right? Mm -hmm. How do you ensure that people are all at least on the same level right. from a technology perspective so they get the most benefits from that technology right, right? Um, again I think you know the the iPad as I, I know that uh, the Media Depot actually did a, a short video not long ago uh, that, that they showed me where they were kind of walking around asking people what their the most useful tool uh, at the university you know that, right, that they right, use right, here right. at the university and you know he he made one one giant caveat. He said, "Not your your cell phone, right?" Which I'm like, okay, well, that's you know, it's a gimme then. Right. Um, but you know, everybody's using their iPad for note taking, mm -hmm. uh, for you know, again for entertainment, obviously, which again is still a very important process of going to college, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, but, I, agree. Um, I agree. But the just to level set that everybody, if everybody in your class has an iPad, then it's easier to have the conversations around it right. or through it. I was going to say universities should be trying to get everybody as equal as they can be mm -hmm. on the same playing field as they can be. And someone that has these nice computers is at an advantage to someone that just has notebooks yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So if a university has the opportunity to, to at the minimum, try to get people on the same playing field, I just feel like that is something that they should be taking advantage of. And I'm glad that I go to a university that saw that and, and did that. Yeah, and with like, with this iPad helping me, like right now, without it, I would have been spending like a whole lot of money buying books and mm -hmm. copying notes using pens. But right now I just, most of the time, I don't even like copy my notes. I just use the voice memos I'll record the teacher's conversation. If I need a textbook, like right now, almost all my textbooks, like I write, I have all my textbooks downloaded. I have a bunch of textbooks, and whenever the, the teacher wants to give you the recommendation, I go online. If it's something I cannot easily get it, then I have to buy it or rent it out. But most of it, most often, I just download my textbook free online, and I'm good to go. Yeah. 
that's something else that like coming out of high school if it's not on your phone you're not even allowed to have your phone out in high school you can't even do even think about doing the voice memo thing yeah. because maybe you miss something in class and and there's just if the, your teacher doesn't post the post the notes like the slides on canvas you're completely just missing that slide or missing that point that you missed so then just having this all these all this technology at our disposal just helps us even more yeah and i think something like just again having everyone at least have access not, that's not to say that people are going to use it mm -hmm. equally right like some people are going to find uses for their their particular tract right. um, and, and, and get the most out of it and some people may miss that entirely that's actually the kind of next stage for for the smart campus ipad initiative is to try to figure out you know what are these ways that people are using these ipads and how do we how do we you know allow others to, to gain the benefits from that as well right. um you know all of these again it's 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 good use of technology and it may be responsible use of technology so mm -hmm. so not that again we're we don't have access to to tell people to not do things with their iPad. We can't even see what they're doing on their iPad, <laughs> uh, and nor would we want to right, really. But right. the the interesting thing is, you know, from from an educational standpoint, from an academic standpoint, um, it's useful from from the university's point of view to make sure that that is more than just a screen to you, mm -hmm. right? It has to be a tool, um, and we want to make sure that you know now that we've got these things out there, how do we get the, the most value from them? Mm -hmm. And the same the same goes with eSports, right? To, to look at it more than just kind of an enter entertainment vector uh, and see it as, you know, it's a tool. Weirdly enough, video games are a tool. Mm -hmm. It's a tool for community at the very least, right? right? But it's also, you know, there's a $200 billion industry right. that sits right behind that screen. Right. And how do we make sure that our students have access to that too, right? right? So then you start going well out of an esports lounge you can start running tournaments and the people can start the, those same students are running the tournaments and there's you know you know creating productions around that now they have experience with productions or casting mm -hmm. right. right um all of that just builds the activity around video games that we always thought was kind of a waste of time right, right? Or, or at least at the very most solely entertainment and now there's there's this financial element to it that's useful for, to the student population because they're like well now I have experience running events right, right. that's a that's a skill that's mm -hmm. that's for a sure. marketable skill for, for sure. sure and we see like we saw recently especially with the pandemic has pushed it even further that people that play video games like it's a job yeah and I mean it has been a job but since COVID has happened and stuff like twitch has blown up mm -hmm. and, and things like that it's just that it's more than a job like it's celebrity status if you blow up yeah enough. i mean people are making millions right. of dollars i mean some some are making billions of right. dollars but right. but at the very least like some are making millions of dollars doing something that you know 20 years prior you would have been Unheard laughed right. laughed out as being like right. an insane person for bringing up but that's the cool thing about these technologies is you know it it can't be the generation above you, you know, the older generation kind of dictating right. to the current generation right. what they're going to do with the technology. This ge this generation has to determine how mm -hmm. that technology is going to be useful for it. Right. And the cool thing is they've done that. They've <laughs> made money right. off of their entertainment. They've created opportunities for, uh, again, for, for entire industries to, to be created and thrive.
right and you were talking about 20 years ago that would have been unheard of and now we're seeing things like vr like we can put on these these goggles in a sense and hold two little sticks and we can play in the super bowl yeah like it's just crazy to think about well and and this is kind of an aside, but it's it's connected back into the esports, which um, yeah, I've been very fortunate to to have some conversations with Dr. Jay Miller. He's the dean of the College of Social Work, okay. and uh, he's also the I think leading UK online too mm-hmm. right now. Maybe this is like an intern dean, but he approached us with this idea of, of integrating virtual reality headsets uh, to create like conversations with uh, like people in the social social work realm, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, they had been, uh, you know, during COVID and things like that, they'd been having these meetings in um, on Zoom, right? right. Um, but for kids and some, some, some you know, that kind of 18 to 34 year demographic, 34 year old demographic, it was actually harder to get them to kind of like open up, be, be confident, be comfortable in those situations. Uh, Dr. Miller brought in this idea of like, hey, let's introduce this technology and see see if that changes it. Mm-hmm. And it very much has. <laughs> so in what, in what ways? Oh, well, I think it just, it gives people this kind of like excitement towards the technology anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, that just lowers your inhibition. Uh, you know, even if it, cre- even if I'm not like showing my face, right. I have a digital avatar or something like right. that in the room, I can, I might have a greater degree of freedom to speak what's going Mm -hmm. on in my life. Right. Um, whereas if you saw my face and all the, you know, nuances (laughs) of how this pains me or something like that, it might, it might cause some, some barrier. Right. right? In a sense, it's just like how people don't want to say like break up with somebody on text or something like that. It's like, it's, it's easier to talk when you're not face to face somebody, but in a sense you are face to face with somebody. Yeah. There's, there's this, you know, I, I think it, originally when when the internet really like took off in the 90s like everyone was hailing its anonymity as kind of it's like like, that's the most amazing thing we did not see the backlash of the (laughs) problems of anonymity right Right. Um, but the funny thing is is like with vr again you know you might have a digital avatar in some sense that i'm more anonymous than i am on zoom right Mm -hmm. but just that degree of anonymity right that degree of like I need a little bit of separation right. to to tell you my feelings or tell you how this is impacting me. Right. Like that's that can be enough to mm-hmm. to like again. I think give people a comfort um, that we didn't we didn't anticipate For we sure. didn't see. Sure. So it's it's just really cool that like some of these academic units are now starting to come and say, hey, we might see some value in video games and esports right. or the technology of mm-hmm. video games and esports <laughs> uh to be to be useful in these other areas so i think that's actually that's that's the university's track for success right now yeah. is how do we how do we make this technology available to all these colleges and departments uh and, and you know spur some growth and innovation through them i've even once in a while i've even seen people listen to lectures using like the playstations at esports they go to youtube pull up videos, lectures, notes, watch movies. So like the technology is really like helpful. Yeah, these consoles can do so much more than just video games. You can search the web, you can get on Netflix, yeah. you can do plenty of things. Yeah, that started like the Xbox 360 era, right? right. Like it became like, oh, it's it's gonna be a uh, like a like a home entertainment system, yeah. right? Well, all that really does is just 
turn it into another computer that right. does That's so much of everything. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. <laughs> Bringing back the draft format to Bowman's Friends. Today we're going to draft video games and try to put together our four four game squad for you all to decide who won later on Instagram on our polls on our stories. So first pick to start off this draft, I'm going to go with GTA and more specifically, but not limited to GTA 5. Because... You're everybody, taking, you're everybody taking the knows. whole genre no, of I'm, GTA? I'm taking the whole genre. Okay, that's fair. That's um, fair. All right. Everybody knows GTA is just a good time. Most games you have to, like, take time and strategize, do these missions, blah, 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 blah. And GTA Baki and I were talking about this <laughs> very thing on the way over. Like, GTA, I, I must have playing GTA back in, was it 2013? Or Vice City. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2013, probably. Yeah. GTA Vice City. When I first got into GTA Vice City, I was stuck. So right. Like, that, that was like... <laughs> I feel my, like everybody's... That was way. like my first pick for the draft, but <laughs> you just stole it from me. I had to, man. Yeah. I had to. That's it's a, too good. A, oh, it's gosh. too good. On to you, Mbake. Well, I think I'm going to go out of my element and say Call of Duty. Okay. Are okay. we... And, we're talking the whole genre. <laughs> yeah, we're talking a whole, yeah. whole genre. Okay. I know it's a little, little no, tough. No, I like that. But I like that. Yeah, I think it'll the the audience can decide what Call of Duty or what Which GTA flavor. they're yeah. voting yeah. for. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Right, right. Fair enough. Under you, Eric. I'm gonna take. Smash you have two. You oh, have two. I have two. You have two. I, I'm gonna take Smash Brothers. That was on my list. That's yeah. That was on my list. And I'm gonna throw out Halo as well, okay. including Halo Infinite, which is, I think it's a slow burn. I think it's it's gonna get there. I don't think it's there yet. Did it just come out? It came out like last year, I think, but mm-hmm. it it was it was buggy and it had some issues. But like, not the best. I'm gonna take. You know, I grew up with Halo, so right. like, I'll take the entire <laughs> genre of Halo okay. and Smash. Okay. Yeah. You'll take the you'll take the backlash for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Every. <laughs> <laughs> All the criticism, I will take that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so for my number two pick, I was gonna go originally with Overwatch, but Ooh, yeah. I think, well, from my experience, that's popular here in the U.S. But I'm gonna go with the game I love playing the most, FIFA. FIFA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. FIFA is like football soccer is a worldwide sport, so. I'm gonna go with FIFA for my number two. You took I took your number one, but you took my number two. He's drafting the worldwide audience <laughs> that here. Was, <laughs> that was my that was my argument to to getting to drafting FIFA was for the for the global aspect. Yeah, like, and with the like the World Cup mm-hmm. popularity, I think like the video game FIFA has pretty much gone up. For how popular FIFA is here, it's just even more popular where soccer is their main sport oh absolutely like in england that's all they play really well and and i'm sure mbake is Same partly goes. responsible for this but you would be hard pressed to walk into the esports lounge and not see fifa played on perfect. at least one screen perfect sometimes two screens that's what i like to hear yeah it's, it's um, pretty solid i'm an avid uh, fifa player and i, I was going to back in cameron where i come from fifa or pro evolution soccer mm-hmm. those oh. two were the top big like games I played all over the country, wherever I go, because I've lived in 
the country has like eight regions, like 10 different regions, and I've lived damn near everywhere. Mm-hmm. And almost everywhere I go is either FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer. So I couldn't get into Pez. I was, I was FIFA ride or die to the end. Yeah. But I was going to say, yeah, I, started, I, I started with Pro Evolution Soccer 2006, mm-hmm. went to 2011, then transitioned nice. to FIFA. Nice. I was gonna say if I if I got the FIFA pick that my specific one would have been FIFA 16 because that's what I th- I think FIFA 16 was the best and they've gone kind of downhill since then and FIFA and EA are breaking up this summer and there's gonna be two different games so who knows where that's gonna go yeah but on to my second pick I'm gonna take a personal favorite one I play every day and I'm not ashamed to admit it <laughs> i'm taking fortnite <gasps> second pick that was my number that was my second right there i mean yeah, there was a third, time there was a time where fortnite was everything there everybody played fortnite yeah even if you didn't like shooting games even if you didn't like games especially during covid mm-hmm. didn't have much to do anyway you're playing fortnite and i i saw this stat it said over 10 million players over the first two weeks alone. That's Just two insanity. weeks, 10 million players. I will admit. And like, I'll admit I was one of them. Sorry. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it is a fun game. Like, if even as, like, a casual player, which I most certainly am, mm-hmm. getting in there and just kind of screwing around is mm-hmm. so much fun. Oh, yeah. I, I remember l- the first time I played Fortnite. I know most people hate doing this, but I'm like a camper. <laughs> well, I'll just sit. That's fair. I'm not, You're going to get so much how, hate hey, from this. I'll <laughs> I take know. the hate with you. If, <laughs> yeah. if I'm not good enough to go yeah. into the battle, I don't know I'm how yeah. th- like, people like easily switch between like their uh-huh. guns and shooting switches. I uh-huh. can't do that. So <laughs> that's why whenever I play like Fortnite, I remember I, I got a battle with you the first time I played. Right. And I, I just had it like a sniper. I went to like, there's like this tall mountain place where there's rarely grass or anything there mm-hmm. i just stood there <laughs> and just running around it was sort of like around the center just running around whenever i see someone i snipe him down whenever i see someone <laughs> I snipe. so i think I the i think the animations just take it over the top because it's just so different to everything else that it just it's just it's hard to stop playing. It now draws you in and it so will much. not let and, you go. Right, yeah. And recently, the, um, Fortnite has been collaborating with different like industry. Like mm-hmm. they did, they collaborated with anime. I've seen like a lot of Dragon Ball, Naruto. Mm-hmm. They even uh, do sports. Like yeah. they have football characters. Yeah, I've, and I've seen NBA characters. Yeah, I've, I've seen football characters. I've seen like um, professional soccer players like mm-hmm. Lionel Messi in there. I've seen video game characters of them and. Yeah, and they, even they were doing stuff like live concerts with Travis Scott and yeah. Marshmallow and stuff. Yeah. Like, yep. how do you get... Uh, Again, it's a technology, uh, man. It is crazy. like, it's once crazy. you figure out that you can do just about anything... And how this. much money they've made off of a free game. It's a literal they, free... And you don't even have to have, like, the... Yeah. I know I'm on PlayStation, so PlayStation Plus, mm-hmm. like, the, the online stuff. Yeah. You don't even have to have that to play God. online Fortnite. It's just... You're like, give us a pass. Yeah. <laughs> We're too huge. <laughs> you know, I would be, uh, I, I will get beat up if I go back to Cornerstone and do not mention that uh, the Esports Lounge is actually holding the Cornerstone Cup, which is uh, a Fortnite tournament 
that they are also offering a five thousand dollar esports. Well, it's a five thousand dollar scholarship for any uni, uh, University of Kentucky mm-hmm. student uh, nice. if they play and win. Um, that's that's going to be happening in April. If you check out the esports website, you can check the Cornerstone Cup uh, link up there at the top and register. We're, it's going to be like a two day event. Should be a lot of fun and. You get five grand. And right. That's pretty awesome. I'm going to so. have to check that out. Absolutely, yeah. Got yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. If, but I would have been more excited if it was a FIFA. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm getting there. As soon as I start bringing some of these sponsors in, if we're going to start throwing FIFA these games out. Thing, I would have been there Me in too. a heartbeat. Me too. Yeah. Your pick. Um, My next pick, I think I'm going to go with Pokemon. <gasps> Pokemon. I'm on my list too. Yeah, Pokemon is gonna be my next pick. Yeah. You said Smash Bros, so I, I was no, like, no, no, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. That's <laughs> I got to go with Pokemon. That's great. My next I, pick. I feel like you would win off that one alone. Weirdly, <laughs> yeah, enough. because Pokemon is like something that is worldwide. Right. The the first time I heard about Pokemon, like the anime, without even knowing about a video game, was back in Cameroon. We had like this um, Japanese. It's more like a Japanese-based mm-hmm. te- television channel called just called Manga, mm-hmm. and it shows basically Japanese cartoon shows. I don't know where Pokemon originally came from, but the mo- th- there were Pokemon on there. They had so many different animes. So, and later on, I heard Pokemon became a video game. And then, like I said earlier, Elias introduced me to the card version of it. So, I think Pokemon should be my number two. My yeah, um, during. During COVID, it kind of made like a resurgence. Yeah, I and kind of fumbled that with word, the Pokemon Go, where you can walk around and with capture. That, like and then during COVID, people started collecting cards again, yeah. and I it like yeah. it became a big thing, uh, like with um, inf- like game influencers that they were um, they were opening these cards again because, I mean, again, COVID, you didn't really have much to do. For sure. But I just realized that I never took my back-to-back pick. So you can keep Pokemon, even though I might have gone there. (laughs) But for my second pick, for my third overall pick, I'm taking Mario Kart. Oof. That hurts. Classic. Yeah, classic. Everybody has played at some point in their lives. That's good. On to you, sir. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go kind of with out in left field a little bit okay but i think it's it needs mentioning and if it doesn't get mentioned then i'll feel guilty but the guitar hero games oh i didn't even think about the rhythm game that's a great shout it was like such a part of me growing up and i'm sure so many people like had had a good time with that stuff i learned so many um generation above songs just off guitar hero and then, like, parents would be impressed. How do you know that song? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just know music. We have a, uh, a clone hero set up in mm-hmm. the lounge. Uh, and uh, thanks to a one Mr. Caleb Cole, an employee at our uh, eSports lounge, we can now have two guitar heroes playing Ooh. at the same time. I believe there's an upcoming rhythm night uh, that he's, mm-hmm. he's about to announce as well. So, But, again, how do you, you pair music and video games? It's like... Ugh, it's a great pick. It's perfect. It's yeah. a great pick. That's that. I should have thought I, I about that. that. Yeah. And then your second. Oh, I get a second. Your, your last. This is your last pick of the draft. Oh my gosh. Ugh. This is huge. I I I would be. 
I am a huge fighting game fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not good at it, but I still <laughs> love it. And I've like played it for decades. So I'm going to go with Street Fighter. Yeah. Damn it. I'm taking it, Mbake. It's mine. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I feel like we keep taking all his picks. <laughs> <laughs> I was, he's he's been upset after each game we've mentioned. Right now, I was literally yeah. thinking, am I going to go Street Fighters, Mortal Kombat, or, Mortal Kombat would, yeah. or Super Mario? So those like with a three that, mm-hmm. like right off my head, and when you when you said fighting games, I was like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally snaking that. Yeah. <laughs> so who are you gonna take? Well, here are the guys, Street Fighters. So I think I'm gonna go for Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, excellent pick. I was never, I never got into the fighting games. Maybe I don't know why. I just never played them. Not that I wasn't good. I don't even know if I'm good at them or not. I just well, you're gonna have to start coming over and getting beat up. I guess so. It's <laughs> the only way to know. <laughs> it's gonna take me a few games to, sh- I, to learn. Okay. That's alright. You'll still beat me in a couple times, so <laughs> it'll be alright. <laughs> so for the last pick in the draft, I am gonna. I have two here that are still on my board that I want to take. One of them is Tetris. One of them is Minecraft. Oh. And I feel like. For the younger generation, <laughs> I should take Minecraft, but at the same time, I want to take Tetris just so I have Tetris some votes from the older generation as yeah. well. Let me just say something. Me and Eric was like, <laughs> on our way here, <laughs> Minecraft was on my mind, but <laughs> the reason I didn't take Minecraft is because I told Eric earlier, I've never understood the point of Minecraft. Neither have I. <laughs> Neither have I. I just walk around breaking bricks yep. and breaking bricks and breaking bricks. That would so <laughs> we're like literally just talking about Minecraft <laughs> on our way here. So I was like, I've never understood the point of Minecraft. So many people love it, but you said just the perfect <laughs> thing. You were like, I'm like, oh, it's a sandbox game. You can do yeah. anything. And he's like, yeah, that means nothing <laughs> matters. Like right. it's just a game of nothing. He's I'm like, like, oh, yeah. You give me a blank <laughs> canvas. Now what do you want me to do with it? Yeah, yeah. It definitely would have been a a pick of just because of popularity, not because I've oh, no, no. experienced it. That's okay. It. But Tetris, I mean, yeah, Tetris I, is, that's one that grabs the so-called non-gamers. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like everybody's played Tetris, yeah, even if it's on their phone. Everybody's played it, but everybody also loves it. Thank you, Eric and Mbake, for your time today. And thank you for listening to Bowman's Friends. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Bowman's Friends to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and leave a comment on who you think won today's draft. New episodes go live every Tuesday and Thursday wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to DM us with topics you want us to cover or guests you want to hear from.